Good morning. We're going to go back to Parakil Ches, Pasuk Ches. And we were about to see what the result was of this spy mission. Shevet Dan is sending five, I would say five good men. I'll let you judge how good they were. So, five men. Warriors, no doubt. Maybe they started with good intentions. We assume we did. Down the Kaskus, so anybody from Klai Yisrael going to conquer land so that they can have more room. If it's in Eretz Yisrael, it's a mitzvah to raise automatically. If it's outside of Eretz Yisrael, it's a mechemis rishus, but a rishus meaning it's not a chiv, but it has to be inherently good or else the terror wouldn't allow it. We don't have anything that's strictly Roshus. Either it's Ratzon Hashem or it's not. So that's important. It's like Tfilas Arvis Roshus versus Chayva, which we happen to be up to. We mentioned recently in the Tfilas year. Taisa says it's a Chayva mitzvah, Klape, other mitzvahs. Maybe it was Roshus, Legabe, what's the Chawat? Others say it was optional, but certainly a good thing, and that's why it became the mining, and that's why Shavu Lachayva. So Machemis Hashus, which we just had last week, has to be looked at in that way. No one's going to go fight a war and put people in danger with the Urvatumim and with the Sanhedrin, with asking all the Shailas, war is war, and there has to be a clear Ta'elis. So the fact that these five men are being sent to check out a city to see if this is a good spot to expand and get rid of the Avdi Avarazara that are there. Certainly in Eretz Yisrael, it would be even though that's one of the riots that's outside of Eretz Yisrael. It doesn't sound like it's a Zion Umas, but they have different names and possible that somebody from other Umas were living in a place in Eretz Yisrael. If it's Chutzler, it's a bit easier to learn. But Lamaisa, it's mutter slash suggested if you really need the room. The question is, who are you sending? Well, we'd like to send in any battle the Tzadik and Gemurim who don't talk from Bar Shamati Yishtabach or Berchatz Kriyashma, certainly, or probably from the time they walk into the shul. I picked that because the Gemara picks that as an Aveira, the Yechazer Me'erche Mohama, and we'd like to pick people with Schusim. And we don't know exactly who they were, but we're about to find out today that certainly for this particular battle, they might have been good spies and good warriors. Their diktuk on Beram Lachavero and Inyane Geneva and Avarazara and Kishuf and Trofim leave a lot to be desired. So that's enough of an introduction where we were down the Kaskus on the general operation but Lagabi the people we're going to see a very unfortunate maskana let's go again to Perikil Ches Pasuk Ches Vevo Elachem Tzara the last description of Pasuk Zayin was they saw the city they were sitting very comfortable completely unaware very easy to take over and like the Tzidanim to their north weren't lacking anything, but certainly weren't on guard because who would want to come in? And therefore they felt it was a good spot. What you find out? 
What's the maskana? What do you suggest? I keep mentioning the machlekes b'shainim, whether it's in Yisrael or not. I would like to say kitayv ma'od would be more fitting if it were in Yisrael. Not a kasha at all. If it's not in Yisrael and you go to Machamis Hashuris and you conquer the land, it becomes annexed halachically, not politically, to Eretz Yisrael. Like every Yarden, every Yarden is better because every Yarden was conquered by Meshur Abenu himself and was suggested and ratified by the Rebbein Shalom himself, Kaviyahu. And when they asked Hashuris to stay there, there was a reaction because Moshe was afraid that people would look at it as you're afraid to go and conquer Yisrael and this is already conquered and you're staying here gave him a big Musa and they said no it's not because we don't want to go we're going to go we're going to go on the front lines we're going to help we're going to stay we're going to stay Shiva Shakivshu, Shiva Shachilku and they did Tanai B'nei Gad B'nei Ruven so that has Kedusha the same exact as Yisrael many Raya's that it does not it's not Eris of Aschalav Advash whatever Nafkamin is there are possibly in Bikurim and other things and I would suspect that Chutzlars to the north has the same issue the word issue is too strong it's not a problem exists, but it doesn't mean it's exactly the same place they're presenting it almost sounds like Yeshua and Kalev trying to defend the godless of what Eretz Yisrael has to offer and convince Klai Yisrael they shouldn't listen to the other Meraglim no, Taina, they're spies slash now salesmen, and they're trying to get people excited about going on this campaign, and you've got to get people excited because who wants to go on a campaign which is still dangerous, and you've got to leave home, and it's a pain. So they have to sort of pump it up. It's not a particular complaint against their words, just interesting. So far, if you wouldn't know what's about to happen you would assume that they're just very good at what they do and good people. Question is the other character traits. To further galvanize them and make sure they do bizrizis. They uh, gave them a little musr. It says, uh, why are you being so slow in the uptake and slow in the reaction? We got to go. We got to go now. And now's the time. And we're going to do this. Again, trying to be enthusiastic about it. Vatem machashim al te otzlu al te otzel. Don't be lazy. You wouldn't describe somebody who doesn't want to go to battle as lazy. It's all scary. Okay, but before you even get into battle, they already told them this is a pretty easy conquest. They hope, and it was, it will be. It's a question of, okay, now we've got to leave our families and we have to get going and travel is always very difficult and travel is dangerous. So it's more the Atzalus. We mentioned when Saul Salanta, when he had to make a decision, first would get dressed, go to the door, sometimes go all the way to St. Petersburg and then have a meeting whether they should go to St. Petersburg. Because you can't make a decision. That's such an important musa, right? It's such an important hanhaga. You can't make a decision when you're weighing pros and cons and then on the cons is the lack of inertia that why should you schlep somewhere else to do something See, the decision is going to be clouded because you can never really balance it properly when you stack the weights on one side that you just don't want to get up and go and this is a big tircha
So he used to get dressed and at least go to the door or go to the Mokom to balance it. So now we can decide, hopefully objectively, that this is or is not a proper decision, but it's not being stacked by pure human understandable laziness. So they're basically giving the Musr. He says, why isn't everybody getting up and getting dressed and sharpening their swords and uh, putting everything together and preparing rations and saying to the Saderach, why isn't there any action over here? And they called it Atzlus. Al te'atzlu lalechas lavo lareshes es ha'aretz. Rashi says in the Pasuches, ma'atem, kolomar ma'atem, meshivim davar. So first they ask them, what's your report? What's your suggestion? What's your advice? Sounds again very similar to the spy mission from the Maraglim, and they're trying to be very convincing. This is Gavaldic, this is relatively easy, but we have to seize the moment. So, so far, so good. They're carrying out their duties, and they're trying to bring enthusiasm and zrizus. Pasak Yud. So they described why this is, can't call it a piece of cake, but uh, why they have nothing to worry about and they're going to have Siyatashmaya. We have the Machlekes we explored last week about Elohim and Yudke Vavke and what the Shem Hashem is. Interesting that this will be included. That even over here, they didn't mean Elohim. Does it mean every single one? The Gemara seemed to say every single one except for the one that couldn't be when it described Shilam. That's not a, a great sign. So, again, we're looking for Diukim. Where was this place? This is a pretty strong rye in the other direction. He says, plenty of room over here. Everybody could be sitting on an acre. Nothing to worry about. Hashem, whoever they meant by that, is already giving us tremendous yatashmaya that we even found a place and they didn't detect that we were there. And there's nothing missing. Makam asher ain't sham machzar koldover asher ba'aretz. Everything that you have, ba'aretz. What's ba'aretz? So, you can touch ba'aretz. Everything in Eitisrael is here. You'll say, well, that doesn't sound good hashkafically, but you can't really tie on this either because if they conquer it and they annex it halachically, it becomes Eretz Yisrael, more or less. Or Kaldavar Shebaretz is in our land right here, in the center of Eretz Yisrael, meaning it's out of town, it's in the boondocks, you got everything you need there, and a lot more room. So, still to be able to touch this either way. And he got them moving from these cities, Sarah and Eshtal. Sheish meos ish chagur klei mochama. He got 600 very capable fighting men with their swords, their utility belt. I call it utility belt. They weren't working in a construction site. They were getting armed, but you need certain things. And they were from, if they weren't of Devarazara, and they held they were from, and they were also of Devarazara, unfortunately. So what do you have on the belt there? 
So we just had it in the parsha as well. So you need your spade, and you need your different things to keep the machana with kedusha and keep it clean, and to be able to dig. And they put themselves together, and they got six hundred very good men. Even though it's in the middle of Yehuda, why call it Machana Dun? If you remember from the beginning of Sheftim, we figured out that Sheva Dun had two different mechanics on the map, and the only Sheva to have them completely disconnected. They were not continuous. One was the middle of the country, they were near here. That's why this temple stood and done. It was the center of the country. That's near Yehuda. Now they're going to conquer way up north, in Israel, over the border, and that's going to be their second Achala, unfortunately, a second operating Pesel Micha, or the only Pesel Micha, but the second extension of the temple. And that's going to be their Nachala of all the new construction and the people moving in, and it's disconnected, and it's pretty far. I'm trying, I'd like to say it's more excusable that was there for the duration and was less noticeable because it was way to the north. And we hope that's a schus. It was still a big problem for Klai Yisrael. And for all we know, the other temple was now the one that sent to the country, the one we're dealing with now, is an operation that they still did these things. It's just the main Pesalmicha is going to be missing soon. That's coming today. But Lamaisa. It was far out, and it was disconnected. Right now, in the middle of Yehudas, they're passing through, also in the center of the country. This Mokham, where they stopped and they got their troops together, became known historically as Machanadan, which is an odd name for a town in the middle of Yehuda. It's not if they made a big tumult as they came through. They didn't start any trouble with the locals, but this place was remembered you do it in the backdrop of Pesamicha, it wasn't remembered the Teva, but right now the Pusik is just mentioning that when they got their camp together, so to speak, and prepared, this was Machana Dun, like Fort Dun picture in the middle of uh, District of Yehuda, not a stira. If you want to find it, it's near Kiryas Yarm. Again, they're still in the middle of the country. They go through Har Ephraim. And yeah. A lot of these things are guesstimates. Some of them are way off and they just name it after. But yeah, in the middle of the country, it wouldn't be far fetched. Again, this is not the Taiva. If I were on a tour and you'd want to pick which places should we go to, to go to Machanadan where you had the 600 people, Chagar, Kli, Machama, where they set out to conquer that place, which is still Kasher, whether it's Machamas or Shur, it's Mitzvah. Uh, definitely that part was good and now they're about to pass by in Harafraim and Harafraim already gets us nervous even though it's Harafraim Mamish center of the country uh, most populous uh, area in terms of where people were traveling and unfortunately they're going to go to a very famous speaking of tourist uh, traps a very famous Mokum and when they get there it's not just going to be about Avarazara as you will find out momentarily this is where it goes south yeah There's an Arab village. It happens to be that Arab village. I don't want to say anything nice about them, but as Arab villages go, uh, they're the only ones that were smart enough, just practical, to actually keep the peace from <laughs> decades ago till now. And um, I remember talking to a fellow 
because I was trying to get the direction somewhere, and he looked like friendly, which uh, sometimes that and a token get you in the train. And I made a comment that, uh, you know, he was clearly uh, from our cousins, not our brothers. And uh, I made a comment that, oh, it's, thank you very much. The service here is so friendly and everything. He smiles, and he says, I'm from Abu Ghosh. <laughs> I remember that line. You have to be in it to preach. That's what he's referring to. If it's this area, I don't know if it is, but uh, Abu Ghosh had the good sense, just a practical, I don't know deep down if they like us anymore, but they had the good sense at least not to get involved. So he smiled. He said, yeah, I'm one of the good ones. Whether that's true or not, who knows? But he gave me directions to where I had to go, and uh, that reminds me of your, uh, your comment. So... Now they're passing through and they stop in because everybody stops in, unfortunately. Remember, they had stopped in before. So now they're familiar with the place, not like they just chanced upon and they say, oh, it's interesting, what's going on over here? They're the guys who asked before and they saw this Ben Levy said what are you doing here he says no it's a long story I'm here he said can you find out can you divine the future now remember last week we were discussing the Shem Hashem the Ben Levy gave them a bracha with Shem Hashem sort of like the Musa the Kiruv went to Samba for Hashem what do you need to ask the Trophim and this gets involved in Kishuf and Avodah Hashem will give you a bracha you're going on either a Mechemes Mitzvah or but you'll be fine you're doing it because you need room everything's going to be good they either ignored that part or were happy to get the brocha anyway, but they were focused on the trophim. It's a picture, as we did last week, we have the main temple. Notice I'm calling it a temple for lack of a better word. Temple is usually designated for other false religions and base of Arazara. So they had the main Pesamicha in some designated room, and then they had other ancillary trophim which didn't help matters because even if you weren't into Pesach and very impressed by that thing you had other things to keep you busy with trying to figure out the future and all sorts of things which either were Avodah or led to Avodah so they remembered that Matzav and now they're coming back and they're in their mind very successful yeah are they directing them there or are they no 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 they're well, that's why I keep emphasizing. They're still in the middle of the country. They're getting the guys together, and they're organizing themselves before they go north. And they pass by, and this is the place to be. But especially for these guys, they're, yes, they're coming with 600 more men to say, this is where we got that uh, bracha, and we saw the trophim, and they were very helpful. And you see, we went on this mission. It was Gavaldic. See, we found such a good place, and we could have landed anywhere, and everything went smoothly. This is bad, because... It could have been successful because they're doing a mitzvah on whatever level the mitzvah was. And the Pasuk says, you need room, the shevet grows, and that's fine. Instead, now they mixed up all the uh, uh, divine powers, what they held in the Getchkes and in the Trophim, and, and now they're bringing 600 people in. By the way, 600 people are being brought in. You're correct. They're, they're directing them there. But not only to show them the sites, there's a very specific pretty nefarious reason why they're making sure they come along, which uh, we will find out today. So, they come in, and 
So as they're coming closer, they say, we're going to show you something. Four very ominous words. They said, you know, we're, we're approaching the, uh, the operation over here. You should know we were here last time before we went on this trip. A lot of good stuff in there. Got trophim and avarazaras and a lot of value, valuable, not just valuable if you melt down the, uh, <laughs> the gold components. The taka was valuable. That's not what they wanted. So a lot of very helpful stuff over here. Hint, hint, that we think that we're going to out of town north in the boondocks and we can use a lot of this stuff over there. Now an army talk, Baruch Hashem, none of you guys were ever, uh, ever had to be in the army or in any operation involving the Umas Elam, until recently, and including recently, for most countries. I'm not saying this goes on in the U.S. Army, but it probably goes on somewhat, but out of the country, it's standard. Uh, armies uh, went, and they didn't always attract the uh, best, most moral talent, and it was a way to see the world and make a lot of money. Now, I'm just putting a very important prod. Booty in war for a war that's mutter is 100% okay. You have a right not to take it because today, internationally, it's not officially acceptable. It's not fine. I don't know today, but that, if you conquer the people and you have a mitzvah, Sachaik on the shaman, it's Israel, and they invaded you many years ago and you're trying to get them out, then it's a kavachaymer. If you can get rid of the people, as in eliminate them, certainly the booty's mutter. And that's true in a machaymer, which also. That's not true when you're getting the army together and you're in central Israel and you're passing through a place and the guy has a lot of valuable gold statues and gold and silver, whatever they were made out of, and you now formulate a plan to help yourself. That has no shaykhist to anything. You can't rob and pillage on the way if you're not fighting the war. These are hidden over here. Now, you might wonder, why in the world am I defending Micha and his operation. They're stealing of Arzaris. There's got to be some sort of mitzvah there, no? That sounds like very from. No, they're stealing of Arzaris. So, if you remember, we had a discussion in Lifniver Sugya about Rachel stealing the Trophim, which is a pretty familiar from her father, who was an Ovid of Arzara and very into divining futures. And she stole it. It meant completely Lashem Shamayim. She was punished. Going to Ahmad Damer. Yaakov gave a klala, killed a schacham. Before Hashem discussed, why was there collateral damage over there? How can she be punished? Mamish meant l'shem shamayim. Some say she meant that he shouldn't have his trophim to be able to figure out that they left and figure out where they are for safety purposes. Others say, Pasha Shadis, she cared about her father and she didn't want her father doing Avodah Zarah. So she wanted to take them away. So you'll say, what is that going to do for anybody? She'll take away the Avodah and he'll make new ones, or order new ones for a week, for a day. He won't have Avodah Zarah. He'll have different Avodah answer is, you do what you can do. If a guy has something that he's doing Averis with, take it away. Take it away for an hour. Yeah, save him an hour of Averis. That was her Havamina, and she did that L'Shem Shemayim. The Farshim have a challenging time trying to figure out so what went wrong. She met L'Shem Shemayim. What did you do wrong? So, she was Matsaira, her father, but her father was a Russia. If you remember from the Kibbutz of Amshirim, 
whether there's kibbutz of aim for parents who are shayim, even according to the Ramah, says the reason to be matzair them is not so pashit. Number one. Number two, it's a maizah without a clear gain. Because, okay, every minute you're not doing an Aveira, it was unclear whether it stopped him even for a minute. He had a thousand of them. So he was just annoyed, and he went to the other room with the other so, Did you really accomplish anything? And number three, and this is the main Nikuda, the first Shem said the Pesach Adar, who happened to be her husband, was there. If you want to do something like that, it's Aveira Lashma, so maybe it's a good idea, maybe it's not. There are a lot of things that can play over here. Why don't you ask them? They were in a rush to get out. She didn't think to ask him. She thought it was push it. Of course, I should take away his avodah She thought it was safer. It's possible Yaakovina would have said, do not start up. He's a Russian Marusha. We have to try to take care of everybody. I'd like to take care of him. But he's just going to use it to get angry at us and scream at us. And it's going to be a chilosh and kachavi. So over there, we're not machuit to put ourselves in danger and start dealing with him. There's no iris officially. If everything were perfect, I would take away the Abadazars. They're not perfect. And bad enough, we have to deal with them the last 14, 20 years. But I'm interested in, had she asked the Shiloh, he would have said no. And that was the Taina. Similar to the Shifte Ka, selling Yasef was a good Havmin, it was a Raydef, they thought it was a Raydef, it wasn't a Raydef. You have the Pesach Adar, ask him. They didn't think it was a Shiloh. So that's the problem. Here, they're stealing Avodazaras. I'm trying to give you a half minute that they should look good. They're stealing Avodazaras. Why? Avodazaras. Shouldn't have them pass them in the middle of the country over here. It's a chetia machtias harabim. There's Micha guy. We're going to take them. So if they were taking them en route to the north, they'd go by the Mediterranean and toss it in the sea. That'd be very good for the Jews. They have absolutely no plan of doing that. They wanted these Avodazaras and these Trophim, and they're going to take everything by force. That's called Geneva. And it's not part of Kivish Mocham. That's ridiculous because they're doing it against Jews and they're taking something of value. Say, well, Vodazars have no value. It's also Bahana. Okay. How luckily they have no value. They're stealing something. And they're not doing it with Shem Shemayim. They're doing it as they want it. They're for their people. So they can set up the operation and set up a satellite temple up north. Or that's going to be the main one. This is going to be a satellite. So the whole thing was Krum. So Maisa Geneva, Mamish Bandits. But they're going to do it, and they're going to, I hate to always use that expression from Staten Island, I'm not from Staten Island, but they're going to explain it to them. There's not going to be a bullet fired. That's good, I guess. They're just going to walk in and picture, this is unfortunately a major operation. It's a thousand people coming through here. So he, they're going to walk in, and they know them already, because they were there before. Micha's going to, if he's there, we'll see. They're going to try to make sure he's not. And they give him a nice hello. Remember, we were here before. We'd like to thank you. And they're going to talk to the Ben Levi and thank him for his divine uh, bracha, or the use of the trophim, however they looked at this. And not only are they going to steal Pesel Micha and the trophim, they're going to steal the Ben Levi. If you're a Ganav, you might as well take the whole operation. So they're going to walk in and they're going to walk away with him also. So you say, that's kidnapping. No, that's just making a better offer. No, can you do that in business? You're all thinking now. We do that all the time. Well, it's called poaching, yeah. So, <laughs> a shayla should be asked, let's put it this way. That's not so push it. I know headhunting is a big industry. I would give it a different name. It sounds kind of archaic. I like a carryover from the Indians or the Africans. Or I just never liked the name. Um, what they did with those heads, by the way, you shouldn't know from such things. Uh, what? 
Uh, yeah, recruiter sounds much more civilized than headhunting. I, I mask him to that. Lamaisa, you can't. People do this all the time. I'm aware. I'm just raising the fact that this is a sugya, a big sugya, a complicated sugya, and a shayla for a from person to call into a from company and directly solicit Chaim Yankel, good morning. It's, oh, Shalom Aleichem. What can I do for you? Yossi, I haven't heard from you in a while. He says, yeah, no, it's, it's been a long time. He says, uh, what are you making? $200,000. He says, I'll give you three hundred. You're leaving tomorrow? So I got a call from uh, Chaim Yankel. Did we use him already? And uh, he needs somebody like you, and it's hard to find good people like you. So... If he's smart, he would say, um, my boss, who's a very nice from guy, might not appreciate it. He says, yeah, I feel bad. This is the way it goes. <laughs> so that conversation is really not pushed from beginning to end. I'm talking about he wasn't looking for a job. And the headhunter, recruiter, that conversation you should probably call him a headhunter, uh, knew that. And that's why he didn't even ask him, are you looking for a job? He just threw money at him. And, um, and he told him, um, I wasn't really looking. He said, well, now you're looking. People, certainly the headhunters listening, listening to the shear, will say, well, that's the minigalim. Okay, I'm aware of that. I, I'm happy to say I've had many recruiter shailas. At least they're asking. And a lot of them you could justify. Some of them, like the case I just described, is uh, much more difficult. So... Over here, you'll defend them and say, look, the whole thing's illegal. The whole thing's against the din. And they're all Rasham anyway. They're running out voters' operations. So what difference does it make? Okay, but this shows the character of the people that once you stoop to Avodah and Kishuf, the fact that you're a Ganov, uh, they felt almost pales in significance. And I'm sure deep down they said, yeah, Gedeva, when you steal Avodah Zarah's, we're Baalei Avera, they're Baalei Avera. We took the main guys working there, so we poached him. Okay, so uh, he wasn't so good anyway, and uh, he has no right to keep him, and he's a Baalei Avera, and everybody's a Baalei Avera, and therefore it's Mutter. Two plus two equals four, not five, and two wrongs don't make a right, and use whatever expression you want. This is Gedeva yeah, on every level. So, we didn't read it in the Pasig yet. Let's just go, uh, we'll see uh, two more Psukim, and we'll go to the Messias Hasharm, so we can learn some Musa not to get involved in these things. The last four words that we just saw, Ata du Matasu, they were classy enough not to spell out. He started saying, we're going to go visit the Pesel Micha, and we had a very nice meeting last time, and they really helped us a lot, and this time we're going with 600 armed people. You should know what to do. Now, if I wouldn't have given you all these Ramazim, you wouldn't know what in the world he's talking about. You know what to do? Does that mean we've got to know where to bow down in the Pesel Micha? Like, well, what exactly, or what time of Davin Shachar is? Like, what's the, uh, what are the instructions here? Pasuk Tezvav, Yesu Shamei Vavo El Beis Anar Halevi Beis Micha. Notice how they went to the house where the Nara Halevi lived with his family, not to Micha's house to say hello, because actually didn't want Micha to know that they were there, because he can call the police. Now you'll wonder, did the police in the district of Ephraim even answer calls from this operation? I hope not. Imagine if you get a call in Pesel Micha, they're stealing our Vodazars. I, if I was the chief of police, I would say, Mazel and Brocha. Like, well, I'm not helping you. You want me to help defend your Avodah Zarah? Like, well, what do you... Well, 
It's not right. Okay, a Ghana is a Ghana, but you know, why are you calling the police? They didn't want to start trouble. They didn't want Micha to know clearly. And they walk in just to say hello to the Ben Alevi with an agenda. And he tells the 600 men who are girding their swords to wait by the gate. So they basically surrounded the whole compound, the whole makam over here. And he told them to wait. And the five guys said, you wait right here. We're going to go in. Just be ready, just in case. I don't have to tell you what is about to transpire, but it's so uh, ugly that uh, we're going to go to the Musr so we can learn how to stay away from such things. I can only imagine that they fell into a very human trap and they figured, no, deep down, they're willing to do Avarazara and Kishuf. So if we steal some of it, no, no. Because the Yitzhahar has a way to convince us you're not a good guy anyway. So you might as well do other Avarazara. There's some Avarazara you didn't do, like grand, large-scale larceny or something like that. And why not? They had no problem. This can be done very nonchalantly here, as we'll see. But if you can go to the Messias Hashem, the copies are on the Stender. All the people listening here, I'm sure you have Messias Hashem at home. So we are in Perik Bey's Bebir Midas Hazihiris, page 16 in your copy. So we had Dagdama where he talked about the obvious conclusion everybody should have, why they're here on earth, and it's not for the Gashmias, that's very fleeting. And Gashmias serves a purpose uh, to keep us alive and somewhat relaxed once in a while. And the main focus is to figure out what we're doing and what we're trying to stay away from. To examine what we're doing, where we're going, what rationalizations we keep giving ourselves for why we're doing what we're doing, even though it might not be correct, like stealing of Arazaras, which sounds like a big sitkus, unless you want to use them, in which case it's not. But I'd love to interview one of these five guys. We don't have the chance, and we just have to give our theories what they were thinking. But no doubt they would have said, Dad, these guys are worthless anyway. Why keep it over here? We can use it over there. Mention Avarazar. Avarazar, we kind of use it to tell the future. It's pretty good. We used it for this mission, and uh, who knows? I'm not going not gonna to admit that this is just going to, if it didn't yet, just uh, continue down the path to straight Avarazar. Because they're not practicing the Zahiris over here to look at what the motives are and look at what the Avera now is and how this can lead to bigger Averas. HaTevim heim emloi levilti yazav nafsho lesakonos ha'avdan chas v'sholem Otherwise, without his benedis or without looking into honestly and examine what motivates us and is this a mitzvah, is it parv, not too many things, is it a parv as he mentioned earlier in the shir. Not just to walk like a blind man in the dark. Now, you're wondering, a blind man in the dark sounds a little redundant and superfluous. The answer is it's not. Person, there are many Mishalam of this and many Chazals. Person, Rahman Salan, is blind, but there's light out. Other people can warn him, and other people can help him. And if I care, they see he's handicapped, they'll go out of the way to help him. If he is an Ever and doesn't know it, 
and he doesn't put out feelers, literally and figuratively, to have people direct him, then he's an Iver Ba'afela. So there's somebody he's already not seeing properly, and there's somebody who doesn't even know he's not seeing properly. That's the expression, Iver Ba'afela. Nobody can help him if he's not asking for help, because they don't even know it's so dark. Uh, he's not even presenting himself as somebody who might need direction. This is something that Seichel demands once you read the first parak, And you know that you're not here for the short time we're here for trying to sit on the beach and accomplish nothing much but relax. If we're here for the neshama and the guf is just a clea to help the neshama and you don't do anything to find out what does the neshama need for its nourishment, then you have to recognize it's a danger, so why would you want to just continue doing nothing about contemplating what the matzav is if that is dangerous for the neshama? The answer is, the Yitzhahara, as he will go on to explain, is always busy keeping us extremely busy not to think about the clear and present danger for the neshama, and we look at the goof and we say, okay, we're in a room, it's air-conditioned, and everything looks safe, and no one's coming to get us, and therefore it's okay. The level of safety we look at is basic needs for our goof. So there can't be anything more foolish than securing the matzah for the goof and forgetting that the neshama is in danger. They're born with instinct to protect themselves, and that's all they do all day, because there's nothing to protect in the neshama. And an animal will use this instinct and use it well. Animals are actually better at protecting themselves than human, not always successful because dog eat dog and there's a hierarchy and that's the way Hashem created the Teva. But Hashem also gave them many, many kalim. We, uh, two Shabbat ago, there was a whole tumult on the back deck. And I guess the deck was created for these halachic moments and chinuch moments. So I had a few of the anaklach over. I don't know if you ever saw this, and boys are automatically attracted to different creatures that happen to be on the deck. It's an automatic, like, uh, glue. They have, like, a radar. So, Shabbos. So, um, all of a sudden, one of the, uh, either one of my daughters, one of my sons-in-law, both came in and said, we have a shayla, is it, uh, it's a mutter for them to uh, play with this uh, grasshopper, whatever it was. Maybe it's, cr- maybe it's a cricket, but the same mishpah, more or less. So um, the statistics are that even if they're not trying to kill the thing, they don't last that long. Kedal you ever notice that? They don't. Their survival rate is not with all their instincts and everything. Uh, with little boys, they don't survive that long. So the chinuch shaila number one is: should you stop them? I was actually asked this by uh, one of our nashim sitkanias last week. He said they noticed that uh, in the backyard, still before yeshiva started for, for eight-year-olds, eight nine-year-olds, and um, after you finish playing ball and things like that, you're in the backyard, uh, you know, you find things. Uh, the problem is that the survival rate is not great, and is a shayla in terms of chinuch, tzar chayim. 
Um, they've done. We won't go into the details of what, but boys will be boys, and uh, I think there is a chinuch moment before you get to the chashabah of telling them. By the way, you can observe it and play with it, but really play, not just play like nine-year-old play, which is a hard, tall order to ask for, and you can't police them the whole time. So I told the mother, you're watching other kids, you can't like stand there all day. But if all things are equal, maybe mention that. By the way, no, you shouldn't like try to dismember it and things like that. You should, uh, in a playful way, you should be rec- recognizing Tzabah Chaim and there's a thing bandied around. We had a lot of shirim at Tzabah Chaim that if it's an insect, there's no Tzabah Chaim because they don't really feel it. That's not true. <laughs> That's highly debatable. And nobody really did a good EKJ and, uh, on the brain waves and how much they're suffering. And we don't... We would stop somebody if they were torturing. They just don't know they're torturing. They're just trying to handle it, they don't realize that they're stronger than they really are. So the first chinuch moment, maybe to tell them there is something called Tzar Baal Chaim. Baal it's hard to say. There are a lot of them out there. I don't think we're missing them. They wouldn't, the Nabi says that in the tshuva. He talks about hunting. And he says, well, if you're a bad shot and you miss and you're wounded, that could be Tzar Baal Chaim. But he says, not Baal if they're just going to live out in the forest and nobody knows the difference. So that wouldn't be Baltashchis, and there are five trillion of these grasshoppers. So it's more the Midas in terms of, uh, at a certain age, it's not appropriate. You should say something, but again, it's hard to micromanage. And then the second thing is Hilchashabis. If they're old enough for Hilchashabis, there's a Muksa issue. There's a Machlekes Apeskim if it's your pet, and your Miachet is your pet, is it Muksa anymore? Even that, and Shulchanach says Muksa. No if ands, or buts. And many peskim say it's muksa. Some say if you're miachet are ready to pet it, maybe it isn't. This is a shayla that comes up. Anybody who wants to get a cute little pet, uh, it's a shayla muksa. Here they weren't miachet. If you ask them, they say we were miachet already. But shayla, if it's your pet, because you're not going to keep it very long. Anyways, they called me out to. Um, There's a chance for the anti-club to give a little. Um, father or grandfatherly uh, so I did go out and I said by the way be careful it's a little uh, fragile you don't want to torture it uh, that just to introduce the concept of Tzar Baal Chaim and it's Muksa and they, uh, the oldest one of the group who's uh, Bar Chinuch said yeah yeah we know it's Muksa we're just looking at it we're not touching it so that's a both issues of Tzar Baal Chaim and the Muksa so I'm standing there and I said by the way what is it you're looking at I thought it was a Chiddush says so it's right there Baruch Hashem, my eyesight is pretty good. I'm looking, don't see a thing. So where is it? There, there. So I stopped bending down, can't see it. My deck, which was painted not three years ago, is like an off... You've been in my deck after it was painted. No. It was, it's like an off um, pale brown. It's an interesting uh, color. I'm staring at it an inch away. All, they're all getting excited. They're pointing to it. Can't see it. I never saw such a camouflage... And I brought everybody else out to see it. They're looking at it and says, that's incredible. It must be it was painted with the same paint. I said, three years ago? It wasn't painted, it hasn't been here three years. I don't know which, I'd like to bring you all there. Niflas, I bury it. It was camouflaged completely. Interesting, for nine-year-old boys, the camouflage didn't help. <laughs> they found it anyway. But... Niflis Aberi, why would something be able to change colors so quickly? The answer is to protect it because they have no neshama. They're only here to protect their goof. And Hashem gave it the mechanism even though a lot of them fall prey to the thing in the food chain above them. But that's Dakar Shalom. But 
Niflis Aberia, I never saw such a clever camouflage. I was staring at the spot and they're pointing and pointing until I finally saw it move. So we have Tzabal Chaim, Chinuch, Muksa, and all sorts of interesting things in that story. The point is, we're not animals, the Messias Hashem is going to continue to say. We're not here just to preserve our goof. That's not what life is about. That's also a mitzvah of Nishmartem. We're here to realize that Hashemah could be in danger, and we have to make plans and lay plans, and it's called Elul and Tshuva. And Mitzvah Hashem will continue with that next week.